Hey, I'm Tracy Manoknuku, the founder of Sexy Aging, a suite of online resources to support women through midlife, including the menopause transition. And I'm your host for the Sexy Aging podcast, where I have the honor of speaking to incredible humans and experts in the field of midlife health, longevity, mindfulness, business, all the things really, with a healthy dose of menopause facts. There's no BS here. If you're interested in checking out my other services, which include a menopause management online course, workshops, coach calls, my book, and blog posts, then go to www.sexyaging.com. The podcast is also hosted there. Let's go. When I get to speak with another fitness educator about our respective menopause experiences, it completely lights me up. To frame the context, as a 52-year-old fitness professional, I didn't hear the word menopause when I was still training, presenting, and educating in my 40s. And the same is true for Wendy Alphinston, trainer and presenter for Les Mills Asia Pacific. Wendy currently resides in Melbourne, and she's been working in the fitness industry since 1993. She is a full-time special needs educator. God bless her. We need more Wendy's. Tune into episode 63 as Wendy and I share our experiences with perimenopause's fitness trainers, how it affected our perception of ourselves, and how we would like nothing more than for up-and-coming trainers to know more than we did when shit hit the fan. I'm introducing to the podcast Sexy Aging today, Wendy Alphinston from Australia. Now, I've got a question already. So are you originally from Tasmania and you've moved to Melbourne or is Melbourne your home? What What's the story with that? I was Tasmanian born and bred. Ah, a Tassie. And <laughs> I didn't leave the island until about, I was 38. So, okay. But yeah. you've had quite a lot of travel, but, you know, often on oh, the island. Yeah. Yeah. For okay. Les Mills nearly every weekend flying out. Yeah. Yeah, and, mm. and, and that's where I'm getting to now is that Wendy and I have met through the incredible family of Les Mills Asia Pacific. We both worked for um, Les Mills and Wendy's based in Australia and I was based up in Asia and we were basically one big happy family. And um, Wendy is, a, is still a trainer and presenter. So that I want to applaud and acknowledge, you know, a lifelong service to the education of trainers that deliver the incredible, you know, life-changing classes um, with Les Mills. You you are one of the foundation trainers, Wendy, and I think it's incredible, and I applaud you for, you know, mm-hmm. you're sticking at it, and you're still changing lives. It's amazing. But you've been teaching since 1993. Yes, I've been instructing. I started off as a uh, freestyle instructor. Yeah, as, as we all did before Les Mills, right? (laughs) There was none of that pre-choreography. It was make up your own and just hit and miss and hope you get it right sort of thing. (laughs) And God, I was bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that we were in such high demand because, you know, there was, it was in the stage of, uh, it was back then when fitness clubs were just starting to really kick off and that whole group fitness culture was really growing and there was a real shortage of instructors. And so I don't know about you, but do you remember teaching like five, six classes a day and just moving around from one fitness club to another? And like, well, I was school teaching full time. Uh, right. So okay. I, so I, let's get to that. Yeah. So I, I used to always teach after school. 
Okay, so you're a full-time teacher now, and yeah. your focus is special education. Yes. Yeah, we need so more of you, Wendy. 10 years. It's amazing. Ten that years. is such an incredible purpose because I have a neurodiverse child. Yeah. Um, and so I am all about those people that can, you know, really help our children that possibly struggle a little bit with the education system. But, um, yeah, so. I, fe- I kind of fell into it. I um, have been an art teacher right from graduation. Then when I left Tasmania, I basically left Tasmania because everything was same, same, same. Mm. And I was the queen of my castle, but I just started thinking, well, what next? So um, that's when I left. And along my journey, I met a person who was a um, assistant principal. So I basically left working fitness industry in um, Canberra, then Melbourne, and met this person and he said, you're going to waste, like, or your skills are going to waste and you need to come and teach at my school. And I said, well, I don't know what to do. You know, like I I teach mainstream and I'm art teacher. So he said, let me mentor you. And the rest is history. Oh, but that's I must so awesome. Say, mm. I must say it was the best career choice and it felt like the most important job I could ever do. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's got its challenges for sure, mm-hmm. but it also must have incredible highlights, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's never a dull moment in special ed. <laughs> There's never a dull moment with my child, I tell you. <laughs> and I, I can only imagine what it must be like for a parent with a neurodiverse child. Mm. So, you know, at the end of the day, I get to say goodbye at three o'clock. Um, you know, for the parents, it's a, a lifelong 24-7 commitment, challenge, but also yeah. lots of love. <laughs> Heaps of love. Yeah. Lots of learning for both mm. both of us, both parties. So we're learning heaps as Soul's parents and he yeah. just brings so much joy to our lives. So we're, we're really fortunate that he is such a highly emotional, intelligent child. Um. So, yeah, we have lots of interesting conversations and helping him deal with relationships and, you know, social situations. And um, he seems to be taking that on board really well. But anyway, we are here. That could be another (laughs) podcast. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. I've thought about it. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Me Um, too. (laughs) um, We are here because we've both fallen into the conversation around menopause when you're a fitness trainer and what mm. that means for you physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I want to I wanna dial back and really, you know, give you the opportunity, Wendy, to share your story. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are very curious about, you know, these stories around women like us that are very visual with what we do. We are, you know, we're up front teaching classes, presenting at workshops, on social media, um, representing women in midlife who really seem to have it all together when it comes to you know the physical workouts and yet in the background there's still these challenges which probably weren't spoken of so mm. um, yeah do you want to share your sort of first moments like realizing that something wasn't that fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah I need to preface this first of all by saying my sister has like gone into menopause three years before me Okay. 
and I saw a lot of my friends starting to show physical changes, emotional changes. And I thought, I've got this. I'm fit. I'm healthy. Nothing's going to change. I've got the mindset. I'm going to learn whatever I can, do everything I can, sail through this thing. <laughs> oh, how naive I was. <laughs> and um, so, oh, gosh, Chase, I don't know how far it went back. I did notice, and everybody says it, oh, when you turn 40, it's really hard to lose weight. And I'm from a very curvy pear-shaped family. So I used to always compare my physicality to my peers, you know, in the training team, like aiming for the elusive six-pack. <laughs> which you, which you've had and I've seen that on multiple occasions. And just a big ups to you, Wendy. Like, <laughs> oh. yeah, absolutely. I've seen, I've seen you at your peak fitness. I've seen you prepare for DVDs. And I just got to hand it to you. You know, you do commit and you get the results and you're such a great role model. So, Thank you know, you. Just, maybe you're not, maybe you're not enjoying that, you know, we do recognize the effort that you've put in and yeah. Thank you. Mm. There was something you said to me previously and I um, said something about, what is it? Oh, look, the memory's Brain gone. Fog. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Oh, imposter yeah. syndrome. Oh, yeah. And I said something to you, I was typing, and you wrote back, fuck that. <laughs> Did I? And, yeah. And I thought, that's the Tracy I know. That's, you know, the vibrant out there. But I was always sort of stuck in my head and, and overthinking and overanalyzing. So anyway, turning 40, yeah, things changed. and I physically started filling out, got, got to train harder, got to eat less. You know, this, the good old work out more, eat less philosophy. Calories in, calories out, apparently. That's what it's, we're told. Yeah. It's just promoting it. <laughs> um, well, well, I think for lots of people it works. Yeah, it does. You know, and I just feel like there's a caveat when it comes to woman and menopause so mm -hmm. yeah anyway carry on <laughs> so that's when I noticed it was like just not working so post 40 then I started having some issues with a lot of um period pain mm. oh like I read so I was like once into you know knowing everything googling everything finding it out so yes I've learned that the estrogen peaks before it declines cool that's why my periods hurt so much but I was fainting vomiting with pain and then thinking how did this how, how am I going to go to work today how can you work and deal with this so I went to my gynae and I said fix it <laughs> and he said hang on most women your age are saying help me have a baby and I was and he said you're you're the opposite and I said take it out do what it, whatever like so I um had an ablation in the end because that was at least going to take the pain away do you want to explain a little bit more about that are you happy to share like what does that mean because you've said the word ablation and 
Mm. I I think that that is for some women like what what was what is that? Mm. Yeah. So he consulted obviously with me and said, "No, look, hysterectomy is not an option just yet." Um, but you are definitely not wanting a child. So we can make things happen. So the tube tying or clamping is an option, but that will just stop possibility of pregnancy. You'll still get your period. So it's the period that was causing the pain. So if I didn't build up a lining in my womb and then there was no passing, there'd be no pain. Um, and they say laser, the whole lining of your cervix. I think that's the right word. In there. Your uterus, right? Your uterus. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Totally gets lasered. You don't build up a lining. There's no likelihood of a pregnancy because it's not like a safe house for the baby to grow. Right. And so for me, it was basically... There was no lining to pass, so I had no pain. I uh, just just out of curiosity, were you having extreme pain before you had the ablation? As in, like, was there a history of it? Did you have that in your teenage or years or your twenties? Was there something? Yeah, something similar. Yeah, because yeah. this is the conversation I've had with other women. Really similar is that if they've had that level of pain, the fainting, the vomiting, and stuff early on, it sometimes comes back and repeats. Mm as you're getting closer to perimenopause or menopause. Mm. So this is really interesting. Like I don't have any facts on that. I just have had a conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting just to see what happens like with the body, you know, and everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but I do remember in my early 20s, really bad periods, lots of bleeding. Um, I couldn't take the pill. Everyone was unsuccessful until I, I found a doctor who gave me the strongest one ever and they took it off the market after a while, but that was the only one that worked. Yeah. So, yeah, I just knew that I was probably a little bit unique, but maybe yeah. not. Mm. So I must say also there always was presence of precancerous cells. So I had some removed in my 20s and then in my 40s, hello, they were back again. Yeah. So it kind of dovetailed with the ablation and I had a few operations and, oh, gosh, late 40s was when my gynae said, okay, we're at the point now we need to take or have a hysterectomy. Yeah. So you've had your uterus removed but you've still got your ovaries. Is that right? You've had full. The oh, saga, the saga continues. <laughs> Carry on, Wendy. This is lighting up the airwaves. Oh. <laughs> so, when we went into lockdown, Melbourne had one of the longest lockdowns. And um, one morning I woke up and I had this terrible back pain. So, at this stage, I still had my ovaries. And life was good. Um, so, I woke up with back pain. Rolling it out didn't work. I was still had, I still had full range of motion, so I thought my back hasn't gone. So in the end, I was vomiting again. Hey, it's a common thing. 
And I said to my husband, I need to go to emergency. So off I go. They said that I was passing kidney stones and to go home. And after a full day at emergency, went home, but went to the GP the next day and had an ultrasound and I had a, a big cyst, an ovarian cyst, which had had twisted, filled up with blood, mm. twisted the ovary, blood, had to come out. So during lockdown I had both ovaries removed. Wow. Yeah, which was October last year. Okay, so not, yeah, not so long, so 12 months. Okay, so what's mm. happened in the last 12 months for you? I got big. <laughs> okay, so yeah. And that's me being self-deprecating, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all are, right? It's it's a way of dealing with something that's like frustrating, I guess. Yeah. Mm. It, it is um it's really annoying, but especially I suppose being in my industry. Mm. But I have to look at it positively and go, listen, this was a health issue. So I um, had the ovaries out. My gynae said to me, do you want support, you know, hormonal support? And I said, no. But that was based on the fact that my mum never had any HRT. But my mum didn't go through what I went through. So she didn't have, what is it, surgical menopause? Menopause, which Mm. you obviously have. Yeah. yeah. So I was fine October till April. And by April, I felt I felt gross. I just felt not myself. And I thought, well, you're still recovering from this surgery. Um, but my biggest push was my mental state. I'd have thoughts and then I'd be like, who said that? Yeah. Where, where'd that come from? Where did that come from? And yeah. they were thoughts of like, if there was a cliff, I'd jump off it. Yeah, really? I don't know if you read in my book because I know that you read, but I read, I wrote, if I could smash my car right now, would anybody miss me? Yes. And I was like. I cried when I read that. (laughs) Who the fuck was that? Yes, who? Who says that? It's like there's a little thing here on your shoulder. Mm. Good voice, bad voice. Mm. And we're confident people. We know that we, we, I think the two of us have also had the ability to just talk to someone, right? If something's not mm. feeling right, we both have those uh, immunities and those connections with girlfriends. Mm. But when you have a thought like that, it's really worrying because you think, well, how did I get to that place? Like, was there any kind of moments in time that took me to a place where I think it would be better if I just stopped? Mm. And Crazy. you don't want to say anything because... There's shame attached. Yeah. So I, I knew from all the reading I've been doing that I needed hormonal support. I knew it wasn't anything else. I've lived with anxiety my whole life. Um, I developed that in my teens. I'm a massive overthinker. And that's probably why I ne- if I educate myself, then my mind is re- you know rested. But this was weird. And then I just thought, okay, I need to go see the hormone specialist that the doctor recommended. And I got some gel, estrogel, 
And that's all I wanted at the time. And within three days, I was pushing the, the trolley in the supermarket and I was singing. Do you remember <laughs> that? Were you, were you conscious that, that that three days, were you conscious of that moment? Because you yeah. talk about it in retrospect, but I remember also, and I'm, this is not me going, hey, yo, everybody get on HRT. I think it's just us comparing that there was mm. the before and the after. And the moment in time where you definitely realized something was changed mm. or back or back to better, right? You're yeah. back feeling a bit more stable. And I think for me, it was um, 48 hours and I could work through 25 or 30 minutes without having a thought about something else I thought I should be doing. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it was just productivity just went bam. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're talking about like walking in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> And I was just, all of a sudden, I was drinking Billy Ocean, get out of my dreams. <laughs> and I thought, who's that? Oh, the bitch is back. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was three days. Yeah. yeah. And I, I had read your book, so I was interested to see how long it would take. But it was like um, a cloud had just lifted and I could smile over random things. I was so grumpy. <laughs> and I look back and I go, God, term one at school was so hard. And I was not getting along with so many people and things like that. And then go, oh, it maybe wasn't their fault. I had a moment too, Wendy. Look, I just am absolutely loving our conversation because you are touching on real things that happen in life with Mm. us as women going through menopause before sometimes before we know what's actually happening and then and you can reflect back on them and go oh okay that was me in my worst at my Mm. worst right Mm. and then you have to kind of run around and say sorry sorry (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) wasn't me yeah 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 I um also, by chance, I always linked, and it's really weird to talk about, but we need to, painful sex. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself, how do I eat to feel energized? How do I lose fat without excessive dieting or cardio? Is it possible to be healthy if I'm always traveling for work? Or how can I enjoy my current lifestyle but get into better shape? Wits and Weights is a podcast for working professionals with busy lives who want to get stronger, build a healthier, leaner physique, feel energized and project greater confidence in their career and relationships. Hosted by Philip Pape, Wits and Weights examines the evidence and turns those into specific actions to implement so you can perform better in the gym, at work and in life. Also, you can cut through the noise of the fitness industry to make smart, high-impact decisions for your personal wellness and physical self-mastery. Download Wits and Weights using your favourite podcast app or at witsandweights.com forward slash podcast and get your free Protein Power Transformation Program at witsandweights.com. This is a 14-day habit transformation to help fix your nutrition and get more protein. And the links are in the show notes. But let's carry on with our episode. 
at the um, my first consultation with the menopause specialist, I said to her, because she only works next door to my, my gynae surgeon, and I said to her, I think I'm still healing from the ovaries because it really hurts to have sex. Yeah. And she went, it's six months later. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know. Yeah. So it's all the dryness that happens. Yeah, and the vaginal atrophy. So I'm learning about these things as well. And I will I have an upcoming episode where I'm talking to a specialist and we're actually talking about the vagina and all the things that <laughs> yeah, no, all the things that happen during menopause that affects your quality of life but also mm. affects your relationship and your self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean this is the thing, Wendy, people just aren't talking about it and it's just such a shame that people would go through life, you know, years of pain or mm. and just go oh it, it is my life that is my life from now on I'm like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially like I was talking to a lady yesterday at the gym and I said you know like trust trust me I'm going to talk about this a lot tell me to stop ever and we ended up talking about painful sex and I said to her oh my god I've got this cream and it's changed my life and a little light bulb went off in her head her eyes yeah yeah mm. and um so we ended up talking about how you know like our partners feel guilty we feel not like doing it but maybe we should to keep them happy um you know I always think well if I'm keeping him happy maybe he won't go look elsewhere and all this stuff that you don't really need to go through yeah so are you using uh, vaginal estrogen yeah okay that's cool um Best because ever. Yeah, I mean, you could get it over the counter, right? Can you get it over the counter in Australia? Because I think you can get it over the counter here without a prescription. I think we're about to have that now. Because mm. yeah. in the UK, it's now you just go into, you know, like a Boots pharmacy mm. and you just buy it over the counter because it's just, it should be that easy to get. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's just about to happen. Yeah. Awesome. I, re I read something about it. Yep. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, just life changing for so many women, and such a simple, simple little cream. <laughs> right? Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's me at the moment. Um, I still find that, say, fitness goals are not happening like they used to. My my joints hurt still, but I'm still doing a lot of intense workouts and trying to. I guess I'm trying to hold on to my 20s. <laughs> um, I'm trying to pull back and listen to my body, but there's that little voice in my head that says, go, 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 and also work out more, eat less. But I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah. I think it is such a massive change, you know, physically and mentally. Um, and it seems to be it it just runs away with you, right? So it just it leaves you a bit flawed and and like whoa 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 what just happened? You know, after all the work and all the years, and we know what it takes to retain muscle, and we know what it takes to shift calories because mm. we've been doing it for years. But then when you get to this stage in life, it's just it's not happening. So a big part of I think what we want to try and do is there's a level of acceptance. Yes. Right? Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to I practice I practice acceptance and then I don't. I'm yeah. like, doop. 
Yeah, because we're in that stage of women that are, are you know, we, we've been like the ones that have broken the taboo and been like fit in our 40s and six pack in our 40s. Like we were those, we're those people, right? And then it just kind of tips. So mm-hmm. we're now going, okay, but what happens now? Like, can we, is there, is there a new, is there a new me at this age of 53 or 52? And can I accept that? And is that going to be okay for me? You know, like I have those thoughts as well. And, um, I just, I, where I've shifted and I think, you know, I've done this the same as you, Wendy. Um, should I go on a diet? Should I do more of this? Should I do less of this? Now where I'm at, I'm actually at, what does the rest of my life look like? Yeah. You know, and what's, can I be the healthiest 52-year-old ever? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm feeling, and what else do I need to know other than worrying about my weight or my muscle gain? Because in my case, I lose muscle really quickly and I just get really str- really stringy feeling and just kind of untoned feeling. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, you know what? When I do that workout, this is, you know, the number one um, cause of death for women is heart disease. Mm. <laughs> So everything that we're doing, Wendy, our training and our eating, you know, that should be the focus now, you know, and I'm starting, like my mind has shifted quite a lot, which is like, I want to be, you know, walking up a hundred flights of stairs on the Amalfi Coast at 75, Mm. 80, you know, like those things are dreams and goals that don't seem that far away, but they're important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And time flies. Yeah. And it does, as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment I'm trying to come terms with less cardio. I've always done strength. Yeah. But more mind body. So my idea of a workout or what I condition myself is that if I'm not breathing to the bottom of my lungs and gasping for my last breath, <laughs> um, I feel like I haven't had a workout. So I've got to practice more acceptance get some more mind-body in my life and just, yeah, once again, like you, think about, well, what what does the rest of my life look like? Because being hours at the gym every day is not going to be a part of 70 years old. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Wendy, we can be the new sexy ageing, which is also sexy in your mind, you know, like how you value life and how you view this, you know, these wonderful decades that are ahead of us. Like, yeah. Get out there, kick ass in different ways, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's not like throwing it all away because I think this is the challenging thing when you've when you've given your life to fitness. It's like transitioning into something that's meaningful and still valuable for yourself and to others. Like what what can you do that's help, still helping people? And the fact that you're still teaching, that's important because you've got women in front of you who feel exactly the same way. So you and I spoke on this. I think we did Mm. like an Instagram chat one time and we spoke about how our coaching styles change when we know what, you know, people's pain are. When you understand what people's pain is and they're in front of you, you you just become so much more tapped into the people in front of you when you're coaching or teaching them, right? Yeah, I think I'm much more of an empathetic teacher now, whereas before it was just like everybody go watch me go (laughs) yeah (laughs) and try to keep up (laughs) yeah but now I'm 
very much more about options, choices, showing top end. But I'll be honest, I can't hold the top end anymore. You know, my, my joints hurt. So I need to also provide options for myself. Yeah. And so I use that part of my coaching and I think I, and I hope they know that I'm feeling it too. And yeah, um, yeah so definitely I'm much more a, not a softer coach. I'd like to think more empathetic for everybody in the room. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's awesome. That's amazing skill to have. And I think a lot of younger trainers should look to that. In actual fact, I do see, this is one of the cool things about the fitness industry. I do see younger trainers start to come through with a higher level of empathy in their coaching um, because they're, the, the generation coming through are not all focused on the physical benefits now. They actually yeah. do talk about the mental wellness aspect, right? And I, I applaud yeah. it. I think that's fantastic. Should have, we should have been like that, but it, it times was, have changed. Times have changed, yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. And even the body positivity movement, you know, like there's no room for thinking that there's only one way your body should look. And I've always like this endomorph body, you know, trying to make it a certain size. It's really great now to see all different shapes and sizes being cared or catered for. There's even gear out there that all sizes can wear mm. and I think even workouts are more geared out for different people different ages different sizes different abilities yeah so it's definitely changed hallelujah well, it's also changing in the menopause space and the Absolutely. aging space because we're starting to see brands like Dove uh, L'Oreal, everyone's kind of jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> we are a well-supplied um, generation of women. We we like to take care of ourselves and look good. And so there's a ton of brands out there pitching to us right now and you can see it, right? But it, it's good. I think it, it's great. It sort of recognizes yep. that this is an important life stage for women. Um, and, you know, we'll accept any of the help we could get. <laughs> Yeah, and I think yeah. people such as yourself, you're paving the way to make, like, for the next generation, this is going to be no big deal at all. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope that they listen to this, like, this conversation. They go, oh, there's these two fitness trainers and they're talking about menopause and they go, you know, what do I need to know and how do I find out? That's what I yeah. hope for, right? So yeah. how did you find out about menopause? You've got quite a few... Um, resources <laughs> I see all your books <laughs> yeah okay they're great and actually some of those authors I've interviewed them so yay yes yes yeah. absolutely it's Amanda yep so I um I started getting some hot flushes even before the hysterectomy and the oophorectomy so that's when I thought okay I am going into the stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's when I started reading and learning. And I think once you start Googling things, other things pop up on your socials. And I discovered um, Dr. Stacey Sims. Mm. And I read all of everything of hers that I could have. But this was, this was pre-pandemic. And then I really appreciated, I appreciated her um, work. 
but I kind of didn't relate a hundred percent. So she, so Stacy writes for the athletes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? She lives in the same town as I do. Oh wow. We we've actually we haven't yet met, but we will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she's amazing amazing yeah so she's all about the science of the female athlete and she does do some work in the menopause space which is really really cool um but I but I feel like um so my take on her work is that she's at the top end so if you really really want the science and everything on it um you go there she's like really periodization and your training and everything Mm. yeah but what about everyone else (laughs) that's right I'm like Mm. I'm not an athlete I'm a committed avid gym instructor so yeah we don't train for events it's more lifestyle fitness so that was great then I discovered somebody else who had a really great program but it was more geared at women who who needed to come back into exercise. Mm-hmm. So whilst I got lots of learning there, it was just like, where do I fit? And that's when your book came out and I went, oh, this is, and this isn't a plug for you, but it, but it is. <laughs> and I tell everybody about it who comes to the gym because it's, it's geared at women who enjoy working out at the gym or daily fitness. And then heading into the menopause, um, how how do they deal with it? Yeah. So, yeah, because we see those women in front of us as well. You know, like uh, I just have mentioned this a few times. Like I was in the perimenopause phase for a number of years before I knew that I was. So I went through quite a lot. Mm. All the things that you've spoken of, you know, the hot flashes, night sweat, anxiety, imposter syndrome, those things that really kind of sucked me. And I would be teaching and looking at the woman in front of me who were like me. And I was thinking, is nobody else getting this? <laughs> is nobody mm. else feeling this? Mm. Um, and, you know, hence the whole, does anybody want to talk about it? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah no. I see well, those women. <laughs> <laughs> well, the work you're doing is amazing. And Thank you. I think the more that we get the word out, the better. I do see a drop away of instructors of a certain age and it does yeah. make me wonder why. Well, let's talk about it. I think that's mm. a great that's a great question. Why are instructors at the age of what? Well, late forties, right? Mm. Why do they step away from a career of teaching classes? It can't all be physical, but that would probably be a large part of it. The the feeling that they can't keep up, do you think? Maybe, maybe they're not sleeping well. Yeah. They're tired, they're anxious, they're they're going through all of the stuff and perhaps teaching top-end classes and such just becomes a little bit too much. Yeah. And maybe also, like you say, the imposter syndrome where they believe that they're not a role model anymore. Yeah, where they feel like they've aged themselves out of that opportunity. Yeah, it's been yeah. interesting. I've listened to um, a few other podcasts and a couple of people have made a statement of, oh, I need to step away from a certain trainer role by a certain age because I don't want to be that trainer on the team who is in their 50s and really should step aside for a younger person. 
Whoa. My head right? my head's blowing up with well everything I don't even know yeah, I don't even know where to start with a lot of that. That's a lot in one sentence. Because there is marketing and the business aspect of it that probably supports that statement. And I'm not mm. I'm not saying or highlighting any businesses that do. I'm just kind of going stepping away and going you know, from a business owner's perspective, like I kind of understand some of that. But from a human perspective and someone that has given and dedicated their lives to fitness, not only that, but the 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 skills that they have, which a younger person won't have. That's right. Which, which is life experience, the ability to connect on quite a deep level in a very short space of time. You're on a stage, music is blasting, you've probably got some equipment in your hand and yet you're able to land something that's deeply meaningful to someone and only you know how to do it because you've had that life experience. So why would that not be important? Yeah, exactly. And also, why would that not be role model to future instructors? So do we have role models, Wendy? Me? Well, you and I, we like, do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, of we, we do. We, well, we're we're um supporting each other. That's what this conversation is about. But then I think about, okay, so what about the generation in front of me? Like, where are they, and what are they doing? <laughs> my gen, oh, I must say, my role models are my peers. Yeah, who are the same age, such as yourself, and other people in my field who have come before me. But we're all similar age. <laughs> yeah, and that's see, that's my question is like, okay, yeah. so where are the ones that are still there? So for me, I guess Kylie is a couple. Mm. Kylie Gates is a couple of years ahead of us. Yeah, rocking Lisa it. O. Lisa O. Lisa O. Lisa Osborne. Yeah. So there are, um, but the, <laughs> the issue that I'm just going to bring up is like, how come nobody spoke about it then? <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just an interesting thought or a, a point that somebody made and I just went, hmm, okay, I'll file that away for later, but it's still not going to make me step away from what I'm doing. Don't step no. away. You step away on your own condition because, yeah. you know, I still see how much you're changing lives and making a difference, Wendy. And I, I feel really supported by yeah. Asia Pacific. Um, we've got a few who are... 50 plus on the team and we feel the same appreciation as anybody else on the team that's awesome I yeah. see massive diversity actually there's a massive range in the yeah. team and I'm I'm looking from a distance so I can yeah. sort of look back and look in and see what's happening you've had Melbourne one live recently and I can just see such an incredible diversity across the team it's exactly what it should be yeah absolutely yeah. Mm. So well done. <laughs> well <laughs> done, Les Mills, Asia Pacific. Yay. Yeah. They're great, great, amazing people. Um, so what would you hope for for the woman coming up, you know, and you know that they're about to join this road, this journey of menopause. What would you want for them? I'd want for them not to be wondering constant, constantly like what's happening to me yeah. to be able to able have that resource right there for them and they'll be able to tick a box a bit like what you've got in here 
um, and then put all the pieces together so that everything's just a lot smoother for them. Yeah. You know, I think no one needs to feel alone. And even though my mum went through it, she went through it differently. My sister went through it. She lives interstate. And so we chat about stuff. I was, I was probably annoying her more than anything, asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. But that means that she kind of went on it, on the journey herself. So it would be great if the information was out there, just as much as it is for puberty. Yeah. Um, pregnancy, post-pregnancy. Why not menopause? Yeah. And, and also why not andropause? Yeah. For the guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I did do an interview with someone and we talked about andropause. Um, so it was a little way back. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, fitness instructors, guys, should know what they need to change and adjust, you know, to yeah. stay well and healthy in their 50s and 60s if they want to you know, continue teaching classes. Although I don't think that they prob probably go through quite the mental <laughs> issues that, that we would through menopause, you know, the doubt and the fear and the the not knowing and all that sort of thing. Maybe, mm. or maybe there is some mental health issues like low mood, depression. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Not that I'm an expert, but I think, you know, like with the decrease in testosterone, yeah. I think there's also the decrease in mood. Yep. They, they just get themselves a young chicky babe instead. Yeah, that elevates their mood. <laughs> <laughs> and a fast car. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we don't do that. Oh, actually, we can. We should go on these, like, tropical holidays with all our menopausal girlfriends. A lot of movies coming out like that now, so. <laughs> remember Shirley Valentine? Way back. Yeah, I remember, and I thought it was fabulous, and I might have been only been in my early 30s when I saw it. Yeah. That, be, that would be about right. Um, and I thought she was amazing. And yeah. now it's so much more meaningful because I understand why and what the movie was about. But mm. I saw um, recently, um, is it Thank You Very Much, oh. Leo Grande? I want to say know. It. Okay, with uh, Emma. Um, mm. Thompson. Thompson, brain fog. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, she was unbelievable and it was incredible. So, yeah. She came here to Melbourne. A friend of mine went and saw her. Oh, wow. Oh, I should have went. Anyway, I need to see that film. Yeah, it's good. It's really uplifting. And I think it just, it also makes you feel really optimistic about the future and for women of our genre and, sorry, our generation, mm. which is like uh, we're, we're talking and things are going to get better and we're, you know, punching above our weight to get the health system to recognise our needs. So, you know, there's some good, good things are coming. Yeah, and it's yeah. a really great time of life. Yeah. I, I think I finally know who I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I know who I am. I know what I want. I know my boundaries. I had no boundaries when I was younger, and that didn't serve me at all. Yeah. But 40-plus, I think there is a massive mental shift in in the way you see yourself and what you want. and. I think 50 is fucking awesome. Amen, sister. Yeah. So thank you so much um, for our catch-up, Wendy. Uh, it was uh, really heartwarming. We didn't need those tissues, so <laughs> <laughs> we had those ready. 
<laughs> so good to chat and um, I look forward to seeing you in real life. Wendy has been such a huge support and advocate of the Sexy Aging brand and she often speaks about my book, My Menopause Memoir. So if you'd like to get yourself a copy, it's available on Amazon for Kindle and as a soft copy. I'll put the link in the notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did catching up with my guest. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and feel free to rate and review too. For the book, online course, blog, workshops and coach calls, subscribe to www.sexyaging.com. That's aging with an E.